This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. And this is our next episode of 3 and 5. And I'm really excited today to be joined by Sheila Goldgrab, who is a master certified executive coach. We're going to talk about trends among forward-thinking firms who are addressing the challenges that women face in the business world. Sheila's managing partner at Goldgrab Leadership. She writes for Forbes.com on leadership. She's been an advisor of the Harvard Business Review. So we're in good hands on this topic. So Sheila, thank you for taking time today. Thank you so much, Steve. I'm always pleased to be invited to talk about women's leadership, advancement, and careers. SLC is special to me because of the people I've had the opportunity to get to know in my work. So let's start with forward-thinking firms. You know, what from your point of view, what are forward-thinking firms doing today? Well, you know, today is a tough time right now as employers are experimenting with prioritizing work as a design process, and they're addressing the impact of the Great Resignation. They're figuring out how best to do hybrid work. Yet it's also an exciting time in many ways because of the positive actions some businesses are doing that is resulting in meaningful change to advance equity for women in the workplace. For example, for a long time, companies were hesitant to pull KPIs to identify and track where they were and what impact their interventions were having in closing the gender gap of leadership. Now, though, bold firms are doing it, and they're signaling to everyone in the company that everybody has a part in owning the challenge, and they're measuring the progress as they go. So examples of KPIs are how many females are in managerial positions and what are the cost-benefit ratios of gender-based interventions to ensure their effectiveness. Some are doing great work in leveling up opportunities for women in leadership. For example, let's take hiring. Many client organizations in all sectors have made profound changes in creating diverse interview panels and scouting out diverse candidate slates. And it's nuanced too. They've also reimagined job descriptions based on what they know about the differences between how women respond to want ads about opportunities. After 30 years of pay equity legislation where I live anyway, women are still being paid less than men. The gap over a lifetime has created a gulf that is near impossible for women to catch up. What's exciting, though, is there are now companies that are rectifying female salary inequities to address the low base. That was a structural mistake from years back when we lived in a world where we expected men to be the single important breadwinner and earn more. We are seeing some companies bold enough to even the playing field pay-wise all at once. Sheila, I'd like to talk about a program that you developed, which is called Women Leaders Habit Lab. You've been delivering it for us at SLC. It's new to me to hear about a development program that's based on habits. And so I wonder if you could talk about why you've created a program for women that is focused on habits. It certainly seems to fall into that category of fresh thinking. So tell us about it. You know, as an executive coach, it was clear from my decades of supporting leaders that they often overdo their strengths. For some, it's outside their awareness. Simply put, they think, well, if it worked then, I should do more of it. Well, no. And even when leaders have awareness of what needs to change, they know to do something different. Say somebody who needs to gain visibility for their work instead of just doing the great work. They're challenged about how to keep the new behaviors going. Think about it. It's easy to do something once or twice, right? Yet it's more complex to keep it going so it becomes a habit. And leaders need to demonstrate consistency 
to show they are flying at the right altitude at the level they are at now and are promotable to the next level. There are many unhelpful habits that are holding leaders back in their careers. Men and women both have many of the same overdone habits, by the way, that aren't serving them. But I focus on women in this program because it's women who are left behind starting from the jump from entry level to manager. And the gap widens at every subsequent rung on the hierarchical ladder. I wanted to address this with a program that would create positive change. What's new here is that we know enough now about how habits are formed and how to sustain them that I felt the way to do leadership development had to catch up with our new understanding of how change happens at a personal level. Knowing what behavior you need to do is never enough for anybody. (laughs) Making personal change sticky is what it's about. You know, listening to your answer, I'm thinking about a couple of habits that I've really had to work on, which probably emanate from what I perceive anyway as a strength of mine. And I and I would say that is I do think I am good at jumping in and getting things done. So when I see a problem, I like to fix it. I like to organize efforts to to address it. But I, I think over time what I've realized is that has made delegating hard for me. And I've really had to focus on that and to develop that habit that by delegating, you can actually get more done better. And I think I've gotten better at that. I think I formed that habit. The other one that I think I'm still working on is listening to people better because my inclination is to jump in and say, okay, here's what we have to do. And you know, as has been said by many, you can't learn anything if you're speaking. And I have to remember that and slow down and listen to what people have to say. And it's a habit that I'm still working on. Man, I'm getting better, but... uh, I, I'm not I'm not where I'd like to be on that one. So I guess my question here, Sheila, is what about yourself? What are habits that you've worked on, um, given that you're so focused on this? Sure, I'm happy to share. But before I do, I just want to say those two habits that you mentioned, Steve, that are yours are not uncommon. Often I, I work with leaders who have one or both of those same challenges. So believe me when I tell you that I think uh, that since I began studying habits, I've been experimenting with new ones for myself. So in the domain of lifestyle, I now have habits including a no sugar diet because I do have a sweet tooth. So that's important. And I don't, as I get older, I really don't want to eat that way, right? I want to eat a lot less sugar. And the habit I have in action right now, in play right now, is a no sugar diet, which I love. And in the domain of leadership, I ruminate far less and recover from setbacks much faster now than I ever have. And that's because I've taken it upon myself to be deliberate, focus in on it, and create other habits to offset that. And by the way, Steve, as you know from your own experience, forming a habit isn't a one-size-fits-all. And if it were as easy as duplicating how others did it, let's say colleagues of ours, it would be an easy fix and we wouldn't need a program. But learning more about yourself is part of the series. And I invite participating women leaders to run experiments that give them new experiences that will advance their careers. Well, I've worked on that no sugar habit myself. I, haven't <laughs> about that, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's the right way to go. You know, I like to end these by asking a personal question. And I've got one I want to ask you that is connected to what you do. But yeah. you know, we were chatting before we recorded this and you talked in, during this session about this, you know, women's leader habit lab. And you obviously like to give these sessions. You like to lead them. And so, you know, when you when you start a week and you know you're going to be leading a session for, you know, a group of women, why do you like it so much? Why why is that why is that energizing for you? 
That's a great question. And it, it returns me to my purpose, which is a good thing, right? Especially since we're starting the next cohort this week. I guess there are many reasons. One of them is that I love, who doesn't love watching light bulb moments for people as they go off? It could be that a habit that they knew to do has eluded them always and learning the mechanics of how to do it is a light bulb moment for them. could be something else. It's also watching and being part of the process where the participants get to see what does it take to be promoted and and how small, how absolutely tiny some actions need to be, you know, when you take commitment so that they discover that it's not huge. It's not a huge task. It's a repeatable tiny task that makes sense here. And I guess there's many more reasons, but I think I'll cap it off by saying I love group camaraderie and I like to foster safe space where people are learning. And I've always loved groups. I've always loved being part of teams. And I'm really a summer camp counselor at heart. Well, thank you for all that. I, I would encourage everyone listening to uh, form the habit of listening to three and five podcasts every week. <laughs> I love it. Um, really, thank you for your time, Sheila. This has been great. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Three and Five. Thank you again. <laughs>